Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. Has anybody ever looked up the word glory? and the new covenant compared to the word glory in the old covenant. So I was having a discussion with somebody after church on Sunday, and so they want to talk about the glory or something, and I'm like, well, you know glory just, God gets his credit, he gets his honor, he gets his worship. Like, no, no, the glory is the heavy presence of God, the cabal. And I'm like, well, so they're looking at old covenant and with the definition, and I'm looking at new covenant with the definition. So I went home and I said, Lord, so I looked through the entire new covenant and the old definition of glory is not there in, in any word close to, to that word. So I'm like, well, Lord, everybody's talking about your glory in church. and Everybody's talking about the glory cloud and everybody's talking about this. And, and I, how many know in this church you feel the presence of God? What they would say was the glory, right? You know, we feel, and if, if you weren't, you just felt it in this line. Whew. And and so I started studying the glory. In the new covenant, the glory shows up when he wants you. The, gl- the glory shows up from inside you when he wants you. And, and, and then the glory can come because angels come and get them out of jail, right? Angels come and the Holy Spirit comes and get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Doesn't call them their glory though, does it? He goes, and my glory is going to come and, and then you'll all be baptized in my Holy Ghost. He doesn't say that, does he? Okay, am I against the teaching about the glory? Of course not. The old covenant's cool, but I want to live in the new covenant. If you're under covering, the only way you're going to feel God's presence is in the old covenant glory. That's why so many people can run to meetings and have a great time because they're talking about the glory of God and they go home and that's it. They don't change necessarily. You can. Isaiah changed in, in the glory of God. Amen. Moses saw the awe of God. Okay. So in the new covenant, and we'll, we'll look at scriptures on this one day. This isn't the topic tonight. I'm just excited about it. In the new covenant, his glory shows up when we need his basically when we're doing what he wants us to do that requires his miracle amen so in other words he shows up when we need boldness amen he shows up with his whole angels and everything to get us out of prison if he wants us out of prison he shows up if you're being stoned to death with his presence all around and you see the glory of god you see the lord amen and lord show me he goes this is the problem we have to transition to the new covenant where his glory is about you doing stuff with him for him for his glory not about you just standing around wanting a good feeling i am not saying you don't have both i I could sit when you get this and you die to self and understand 
who lives inside of you and how close you are to God and how real he is. People, I'm telling you, you can go home, put your hands like this, and the presence of God is right there. Amen? But he wants the unclean stuff gone. He wants the stuff that his blood paid for out of the way. Amen? God's not asking you to do it. He's asking you to believe for him to do it. And he can do it any way he wants. He can get you drunk off the Holy Ghost and take 20, 30 years of demonic addiction out of you. Amen? And then don't call, what God calls holy is holy, you guys. What God calls holy, we got to get rid of religion and self-righteousness. And say, well, that can't be holy. Amen? God is the one who created everything good. And just when people try to play with the things of God, but they don't really want to be close to God, they don't want to be holy because he's holy, that's when you get all the mixture. But we're not going to get in that. But we are going to get into a little bit of it because we're going to talk about unclean spirits. So we are picking up on the series we're doing on, we're going to do about every script. I didn't read those scriptures. I didn't bring my notebook. I'll find one. Anyhow, all right. I'm talking to God. He, he knew I left that at home. All right. Where do you identify? Okay, I want us to get this. Because see, what, what we just saw, a, a little demonstration of a deliverance, was where you used to identify as the fun guy, the party guy, that's where you start to get a strong man. But if you identify as the good child, or you're the responsible one, do you get what I'm saying? you got to start taking some time tonight and see where you identify. Can I ask everybody not to call themselves mama bears, even though it's really, really popular right now? Like with uh, the Shane and the mom. There's actually a whole group now of mama bears who are fighting for their kids in school. Okay, well, that's fine. If you're not saved, you can be a mama bear. If you are saved, your identity is not in your being a mom. Now, now when you're looking at your strongholds, we're going to get whatever is the strongest thing you identify with. And all you got to do is look at who hangs out with you or who hung out with you and what they think. Oh, you're the smart one. Oh, you're the this one. Or you're the that one. Or you're the good mom. Or you're this and that. Okay, Am I saying you're not going to be a good mom? No. Okay, I'm going to do one that's going to bust everybody, okay? The Bible says, I know, hmm. I don't believe in making covenant with people. That's another old covenant thing that's never talked about even once in New Covenant. See, if you're under covering doctrine, you're living under the old covenant because you have the ones who think they have overseership over you or whatever and they hear God for you and they help God for you. I'm not saying they're all not really anointed, a lot of them. They just haven't got this revelation yet. Amen? Okay, we're, we're to help you to connect to the headship of Jesus Christ. We're to ask you to watch how we walk with God and, and what we go through and how we learn so you can have the same experiences and, and, and walk with God yourself and have a great time in God yourself. Amen? So we're in the new covenant. Now, why do I say I don't need any covenants in the new covenant except with God? Because if I'm in covenant with God and the new covenant is Christ lives inside of me by his spirit and I say yes to him. That's the deal. 
Amen. I got to recognize the lordship of Jesus. I got to understand the cross. I understand my sins are forgiven. That Jesus' blood paid for them. Amen. I've got to understand that my identity, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. My identity now is I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Okay. That's where we want to get everybody to as fast as possible. Not just head knowledge, but heart knowledge. Amen? So can you get this? If you can start identifying where you identify, you can start dying to that. Now, you're thinking that's trying, the things in you that wants to protect those false identities are saying, but how can, I be a good, how can I be a good wife or how can I be a good husband if I'm not in covenant with my spouse? Well, the divorce rate in the church is higher than the divorce rate outside the church because the marriage rate is higher in the church. So how, how well is covenant working for everybody? Because if I have to have a business agreement with my husband to stay with him, then I'm going to feel like I'm in bondage and, and instead of having grace. Amen? See, if I'm in covenant with God, how many understand the new covenant is a covenant with God? Right. It's an actual agreement with God that his blood died for my sin and in exchange for him taking my sin and, and, and making me brand new, clearing away all my sin, all the things where Satan had me bound, every identity that had entanglements with it, every identity that was trying to prove, let me say, every identity where I thought I was in charge, those now all are given to Holy Spirit. So now I need grace. So Holy Spirit, you are now in charge of my marriage. Does anybody think a covenant between John and I would be better than God being in charge of our marriage? Does anybody really think you can do a better job at your marriage than holy, you saying yes to Holy Spirit? Amen? It's the same with your children. See, he says to let go of entanglements. Remember the whole thing we did about entanglements. Most of your identity, a lot of your identity is going to be relationship. And so then Satan can bug you about how you failed there. See, how can I fail if all I'm doing is obeying God? Do you really think God's going to make your marriage bad? Like, oh, I'm going to make their marriage bad. Why? Why would he make your marriage bad? Why would he make your parenting bad? Why would he make your relationships? Why would he make you a bad employer or a bad um, employer? Why would he do that? Does he make an answer? Why do you think he would do that? But he will make... He'll make all things new. He'll actually, see, but where you identify, you still got to, you get your self-esteem there. You still want to hang on to that. So, so let's look at some of these places, and there's plenty others. Religious spirituality, the people with false religious stuff. The Pharisee spirit, they identified with how spiritual they are. That was one of Paul's things. So the people who you see who come into churches 
and they're hurt and messed up, and the next thing they're acting all spiritual. Sometimes they pull it off. They're trying to identify there. Well, this is something I can do. This is something. If it's something you can do, it's not God. If the way he just had a good time here and set some people free, if I could do that, wouldn't that be strange if I could do that? That'd be really weird, you guys. Wouldn't that be really weird? I mean, it's impossible to do that. It's either God or another wrong spirit. Or, or wrong spirit. Amen? And I don't want anything to do with the wrong spirit that can do that. Amen? I don't want anything with the wrong spirit anyway. But do you see what I'm saying? But if I just sit here and tell you jokes and you laugh, it may take God too, to be honest, because I never remember the punchlines. But do um, but you see what I'm saying? So, so anything that God does, he adds his godness to it. Amen? So how many think, wow, if God really got involved in my marriage... Because I quit identifying as the one that has to make it work. How many think it could be really awesome? If I quit thinking, well, my kids need me. Your kids need God. If you die tomorrow, God break the power of that happening. Your kids will still be breathing on planet Earth. And God can take care of them. You see people's prayer requests. Please pray for this family. They have two young daughters. You're having two young daughters. There's no reason for us to pray for you. It should be please, please come in agreement with this family's faith because they know by his stripes they're healed. They know no weapon formed against them should prosper. Okay, how many? We're going to grow up around here. Amen? If it takes all the grace I can possibly get. Amen? We're going to grow up around here. We're not going, we're, we're going to do this stuff God's way, led by his spirit. Amen? Led by his spirit. Only he can set you free. People can't set you free. But he can. He's already paid to do it. He just has to help you. He didn't have to do anything, but a lot of times he wants you to know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Amen? Because all of a sudden the lie loses its power. The lie is a stronghold. Okay. So some people identify with how religious they are, spiritual they are, you know, how much they know the Bible, can quote the Bible, how many things they've read or this, that, and the other, how, whatever, whatever, whatever. Amen? Those people can get off track. Those people can identify there, even moving gifts and all those kind of things. But because they start to touch God's glory, get this, okay, get this, get this. Every time you continue to identify in one of these areas, you are touching his glory. You're touching what belongs to him. You're taking the credit that belongs to him. And I know he says that the wife is the husband's glory. Did y'all know that? He says that. Why? And that, that's a whole other thing from a marriage teaching. But because... Because the bride, the wife, and the husband are, the Christian wife and the Christian husband are supposed to show the world how Christ is going to treat his bride. And guys, y'all need grace to do that. Probably a lot more than you've been asking for. Amen. I don't hear any big amens. Let me hear some amens. <laughs> All right. So, 
you really need to take some time to look at this because these are there's probably other places, but but we were just thinking what would be the places people identify with. So relationships. Are you a good parent? Are you a good spouse? Are you a good et cetera? Whatever, whatever Nicole meant by et cetera. But no, parents, spouse, sister. I was the favorite sister. I'm the favorite kid. I'm the this, I'm the that. It's where you give yourself a title. I think people give themselves titles spiritually. They're identifying there. I think you can get in trouble. I think you can start out real in the things of God and you can fall into deception if you begin to get your identity in the title. And that's a really big warning for some people who really walk in the things of God, but start getting their identity in, in that. They touch his glory. You can't do anything that's real if he's not doing it through you. Amen? All right. Some people get it in their jobs, their careers, their businesses. Some people get it in their education, their intelligence, their degrees, their whatever. Amen? We didn't put it on here, but we should put looks on here. Um, some people get it in that they were in sports. What you still talk about from your childhood is probably a place to look at. Now, you can actually talk about those things and it not be an identity. Amen? And that's fine. So it's more about what's real in your heart. We're just trying to show where the enemy can begin to build a strong man. Remember, a strong man is a counterfeit creator. And he has a plan for your life. And he wants, to, he wants to get you far, far away from God. He wants to touch God's glory. Amen? He wants you to become who he wants you to be. And he'll do all kinds of things to get you to identify with what, what God's given you. Amen? Does this make sense? Y'all are so quiet. All right, your talents. All right, so, I don't know. It's 8 o'clock already. Oh, that's because we had a demonstration. All right, let's just use that as a demonstration because for, for, that wasn't on here. Okay, so if you get an identity as being the, the fun one, or the quiet one, or the, think for one second, somebody need to get out your pens. If it came to you right away, what would you be identified as? I, I know you know you're not supposed to, but if you were going to be identified, what, what, yell out, somebody yell out what you would identify or people would identify you with. The crazy one. The crazy one. Okay, you don't want to prophesy that, but that's good. No, right, yeah, th right, that's, so, so the crazy one. So your identity was in how crazy you could be, how you would do the daring things, how you do stuff nobody else would do, all right? Well, Satan could really set you up for some really bad things with that. Traction and all kinds of stuff, you know. <laughs> really bad stuff. You know, I'm not, I'm not kidding, though, okay? Because if you get your identity there, he's in charge of when he's going to make it fall to destroy your marriage, to destroy your health, to destroy your relationships, to get you away from God. Do you understand what I'm saying? So this is really serious because God really expects us when we get born again that he becomes Lord, which means master, and we lose all of their identities. Now, that doesn't mean you're just a zombie, okay? It means, Lord, you be in charge. 
Lord, I, I thank you that you are now Lord of my marriage. You are now Lord of my raising my children. You are now Lord of, of my, my career. Boy, is that one true. You're, you're now Lord of where I live. You're now Lord of, of, of my time. You're now Lord of everything. You, Lord, I no longer live, but you live in me. Do you know how freeing this is if you get there? Because then you're not afraid to die. Paul says it is, it is, um, uh, was it, to live, to die is gain, but to live is Christ. He's basically saying, if I die, yay, I have completely entered into who I really am. He was so not afraid to die. My gosh, people are so afraid to die now, they'll let People jab you with something you don't even know what it's going to do or not do or could do. I'm not saying that's everybody's motives, but it's some people's motive. Some people are doing it because they're afraid they're going to die. Without even kind of looking at the statistics, doesn't mean the thing you fear most won't happen. I mean, there's so many spiritual laws. I'm not going to get into them all. The key is Holy Spirit knows all his laws. Amen? So he knows what he wants me to do and what he doesn't want me to do. This isn't to bring condemnation. Okay, can we get this? Mm, everybody get this. Ready? Ready for this one? Get this one. Linda will tell you for her birthday. This is Linda's birthday day. This was like her greatest gift she's had in the last five or ten years. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Do you know what that means? Satan can't be my judge anymore. He's not my judge anymore. Therefore, I can't say something that hurts your feelings and you don't come back for five years. We'll watch you on the internet. Because we like your teaching. <laughs> we just don't know for sure what you might say. I was going to everybody tonight, the Lord wouldn't let me do it, fill out a little card and say, okay, I want you to say whatever God wants you to say to me, to, you know, because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to grow up and handle that. And then if you didn't, then don't. And then I'm like, the Lord goes, you know good and well, you'll still do it. I'm like, well, that's true, so I can't do that. God's not going to embarrass you unless he needs to point something out. I honestly don't think about you. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying that. I don't get up here and think about you. I just listen to him. What do you want to do, God? I didn't get up here wanting to get drunk in the Holy Ghost, although that was really fun, kind of amazing. Man, can we flying through the air and landing on the new lady? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but she needed the joy of the Lord. She, she's going through that season. She's not going to be identified as the woman whose son died. She's going to be identified as the daughter of God and her son is in her cloud of witness because God is so faithful. Amen? And so God's like, and then, and then think, of, think of all God did that was not preplanned. I didn't sit home to the thing. Okay, let me see. How, let me, maybe, I can, maybe we can try to do a drunk kind of thing. And then, gosh, maybe when we come up to somebody whose dad was an alcoholic who was very hateful, we could do an inner healing on a little part of them that's wounded. See, I, don't, I can't think this good, you guys. Amen? Amen? Look what God can do in one 
Well, we sang that song like four times, <laughs> party song. But amen? He's, he, he wants you to get free from the identities that would try to put shame on you. Because he doesn't shame people. He doesn't shame, but he's not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He calls everybody out. Do you know when we get to heaven, we'll meet David and we'll remember that David, you know, had an affair with Bathsheba and we'll be like, where's Bathsheba? She'll be right there. Hi. In heaven, cool. You know, this is what, meet Solomon. You want to meet Solomon? Absalom probably won't be there. Who knows? He could have repent. Actually, he might be there, actually. I don't know. Because you know, he was really mad at how his dad handled things with his sister. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see some of that. Amen. It's all real. But God didn't blot out everything that, that we did in our false identities or before Christ. Amen. Amen. You actually overcome by the word of your testimony. And the blood of the lamb. You know, being a faith teacher at the time that Lauren went to be with the Lord, it was like, you know, oh my gosh, they're going to think I didn't have enough faith. There's still people thinking I'm enough faith. We've had guests here who, as soon as they heard, oh, she's lost a daughter. It's an automatic judgment. She didn't have faith. Well, guess what? I didn't have enough faith for what I was going through. So? I didn't have enough faith. I did not have enough faith to grab my daughter's brain and put it back in her broken head. He had enough power. He could have given me his faith. There, there is a gift of faith he can give us. He didn't. Instead, he gave me the grace to believe for a different way. And guess what I did? And guess what? I overcame. And guess what? I have a testimony. And if somebody wants to judge my testimony, that's between them and God. Amen? You have testimonies. You have to get free from shame. Now, let me tell you what. The enemy might try to make you identify so much with one of these to try to counter where you feel like you failed. Or you might identify too much with one of these because you feel like you, you can't do other things right. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm, I'm helping you see because no one person and no one Tuesday night meetings down then is going to help you to untangle all that Satan has tangled that God wants you free from. Amen? And each of these different things has an unclean, can have an unclean spirit to it. Remember, that's just a perversion of what God intended. Okay? So, I actually think, by God's grace, I, I believe, even if I didn't know the Lord, I was born the mama type with my kids. I've always wanted children. I had no trouble staying home with them. I had no trouble having fun with them. Um, the minute they come out, I could hold it. I could grab them and take them right on to church. I, it never fazed me. I never had the nervous thing or anything like that. 
Now, I'd known the Lord since I was seven, so maybe a lot of it was grace. It could be that my mom had five kids in a row. So I was used to a lot of kids and babies around. Amen? But, but for me, that, that wasn't... Okay, let me, let me say this. I think, possibly, I wanted it so bad, I, I identified there not knowing all this now. Because, I don't know, I know I've told you this before. This is really kind of funny when I think about it. I had an angelic visitation when I was about 12. I was in a church where we didn't even know there was such a thing. I didn't think I ever heard the word angel before. And, and I, I don't know if it's angelic or Holy Spirit. Probably it was Holy Spirit. And I was sleeping in my bed. And the Holy Spirit came in the room. I believe it was Holy Spirit. Is he that an angel? I believe it was Holy Spirit. And just said to me, I couldn't see it. Wouldn't you think I'd freak out? That's what's so weird. I didn't even tell anybody. And the Holy Spirit came and said, what did he say? He said, um, you're called. So it was like, you're called to serve me. And I said to God, I remember I stopped and I thought, well, no, I want children. And all, all I knew were that nuns, the only women I knew in ministry, I thought had to be nuns. And I knew nuns couldn't have children. So I said to Holy Spirit, not knowing who he was, <laughs> I said, well, I'm sorry. I want to have children. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to, have to say no. <laughs> I don't want to be a nun. And, and he didn't go on to explain to me I could be something else. And that was it. Isn't that wild? And I didn't tell anybody, like, this is normal. <laughs> How many know my identity to be a mom was an idol that was part of the reason Satan was able to set up murdering my daughter? So I just want to say, get rid of your mommy identities. Because they really open a door for the enemy to attack. So to any identity. There's no condemnation. Get it? Do y'all think I live in condemnation? No, she doesn't live in condemnation. How could she even say the things? She's Because they're true. Did I repent later on? Yeah, when I figured it all out, but I didn't know anything. Did he hold it against me? No, his spiritual laws are spiritual laws. And there were other things. I'm just saying, Satan just can't come and do whatever he wants, people. He has to find a way in. And these strongholds, is his way in. They're his way in almost every time, if not every time. Amen? So we just need to spend time with God and say, what I did. Some of you identify in your careers. You're the workaholics. You, you love working more than you love everything in your life. Can I tell you something? When you get free in Christ, you love everything. Today, I painted five lounge chairs in 90-degree weather, listening to three or four different... I listened to Robin Bullock. I listened to um, Rick Joyner. I listened to Bobby Connor. No wonder I'm having such a good day. <laughs> Amen. And, and, and in between that, went in and cooked something for the dog and do whatever. I don't know. And I did all five of these chairs. I got a great deal on them. I wasn't going to. I woke up and said, I don't want to do that on a Tuesday. I got a meeting tonight. I don't want to go and sweat and be all hot. I'm just going to stay in the house today and do something else. 
Before I knew what I was doing, I'm out there in the yard painting these chairs. And I had a great day, and I'm not tired. I didn't even get to take a nap. I haven't even eaten. My Whopper is in the refrigerator. Why? Because of grace. I had as much fun painting chairs as I'm having preaching, and I love to preach. You know what else? Yesterday? See, I don't identify as a gardener. Like, I'm getting a little tired of it, to be quite honest. So I planted my other 18 plants yesterday. They, they mean, you know, if they make it, they make it. If they don't, they don't, because it's kind of iffy with it being so hot. I spent all day outside planting these plants and pulling up things and this and that. And I also listened to four or five different worship music and different teaching. And I had a great time. And I was tired. I really slept good last night. And I enjoyed that as much as I enjoy sitting on the beach, maybe more. Is anybody understanding what I'm saying? When you don't identify with anything but Christ, every day is a good day. Every part of your life is awesome. You are the mom God wants you to be. You are the wife God wants you to be. You are the counselor God wants you to be. You are the builder God wants you to be. You are the churchgoer God wants you to be. You are the leader he wants you to be. You are the husband. You are the wife. You are, do you understand what I'm saying? You are the housekeeper. You are the builder. You are the grass cutter. Amen. Does anybody want to, do you think when you get to heaven, you don't do anything? No, when you get to heaven, you do a lot of things, but you'll do it in nothing but perfect grace. Amen? Is anybody getting this? Does anybody want that for their life? Does anybody really want that? See, because where you identify, you're so afraid of dealing with it. Because you might have to realize you weren't the mom that you thought you were. And that would be too hard to face. Or you weren't the wife you thought you were. You weren't the husband you thought you were. You weren't the son or the daughter that you thought you were. You weren't the fun guy that you thought you were. Amen? You weren't the, do you understand what I'm saying? Because, and then maybe you were, but so who cares? If it isn't grace, it doesn't really add up to anything that's eternal. Amen? I want you to stop and think, if you can, of anything that just happened and it went so good and you knew it was God. Like, without question, it was just, it, it wasn't, you have to try to make something up. It's just like, wow, I can't believe that just happened and, and it was just so good. My, my um, doing the beach house. You guys just don't know how much fun I have talking to those people and giving out my book. I even went and hugged the lady I bought the lounge chairs from. I'm not even a hugger. And we were talking about, gosh, this must be a God thing. And anyway, in case I don't, I gotta be careful. She may hear this on the radio. But anyway, very nice. But it was interesting. And I drove that far to just go do that. Okay, does anybody get the idea? Do you know it doesn't matter what's going on in our world if I only identify in Christ? 
die is gain. To live is Christ. I can be hidden in Christ. God will take care of my kids. God will take care of whatever comes. His grace is sufficient. Amen? Don't you want that peace that passes all understanding? And you want it to be real? Amen? See, you don't want to identify in your tragedies. You don't want to identify in your sin. You don't want to identify in what's happened to you. You overcome those things. But you overcome them by breaking the power of the identity that shame tries to put on you. I, I could tell when I'm talking to somebody, uh, when we were doing this way, way back, and we'd get people free from drug addiction and stuff, and we sometimes people who were dealers or whatever would come. And, um, and you could tell, listening to their conversations, when they talked about how much fun they had getting high. And they talked, to, and they were still really cool about it. Like, it was so cool. And I could see, now I know what it was. They were identifying there. And you could never really get them free until they hit some kind of bottom where they didn't want to identify there anymore. You know, you could identify. I, I've seen people, I won't say who, but I've seen people I've identified as the good parent. And they keep going through divorces. But that's okay. I still have my, my son. I still have my, my daughter. And, you know, it's like, no, you're identifying your, your entanglement is destroying your marriage. Not to mention your child. Even if you think you're healthy, it's not healthy. It's not healthy. It's never healthy for a Christian. Ready? It's never healthy for a Christian to identify in anything but Christ. The world has no choice, all right? They, they got to go on Oprah and stuff. You know, they don't have Dr. Phil, whoever. Right? They, they don't have any choice. You can identify as the victim. That's why you can identify as, oh, isn't it funny that our whole culture is about, what do they call it, identity um, politics or whatever right now? See, that's why the devil's destroying our country. He's trying to make, he, the devil wants kids to identify as a gender that's not real. Talk about him being the, create, the false creator of all time. If I can actually convince someone that they are a gender that's not even a gender, what a bondage that'll be. If he could actually convince someone that they are a female in a male body, like that was something they were supposed to be. Things we never even thought possible that they would be teaching and trying to cause people to identify with. Don't be upset with the people who are identifying with it. Okay, they need to be rescued by Holy Spirit. Amen? They need, they need to get the grace where they don't have to have an identity to, to stand out and be important. Amen? They don't have to have an identity that now their mom who wanted a girl will like them and their dad who wanted a boy will like them. Now they don't have to pick sides. Whatever it is. I, you can always get to, if you really want to get free from something, you can always, if you can talk to somebody who's really anointed, here's God, and moves in the gifts, they can get pretty fast to your strongholds, to those lies, and make them seem as foolish as they are. Amen? And really get you free. That's why, that's why they want to make laws against helping somebody get free. How crazy is that? 
no, you're not allowed to go talk to anybody about this. <laughs> We're going to take their license if they tell you that, that you can't be a gender that's not a real gender. Do you get what I'm saying? Why would they tell you that? If they know that's what you are and that's where you're happy, what do they care what I have to say or anybody else? Because Satan wants to be your creator. He wants to be that stronghold. He wants you to stay the victim. He wants you to always identify with the past that he gave you. Because there he can keep you in condemnation. And let me say this. Some of you are, which is good. I'm hitting your strong man if you're having these thoughts like, yeah, but I don't know. I don't want to give up that. Or I don't know. I don't even know what that would be like. Or I don't know. Okay. Like, would I have to give up, you know, going to work nine days a week? No, there's only seven days. So don't worry about it. Um, would, would I have to give up driving that, that sporty car? Would I have to give up being the life of the party? Would I have to give up... You know, it's, it's almost like the, if it's a real stronghold, you can't even get it. Like, like your brain, you're blind to, to how, how things really are. Well, I don't know. If I can't, you know, I'm, I'm black. And yeah. Why is everybody mad at that one white lady who said she was black, but everybody else can identify as anything they want? She pulled it off. <laughs> Amen. It's like, well... Now they ought to put her in charge of this curriculum they're trying to push. Go get her. Make her poster child. Wait a minute. We should not have kicked you out. We don't know what was wrong. Oh, me. Let's see if we can get this to stay up. Anyhow, do you see what I'm saying, though? Do you see what I'm saying? Um, okay. Your, your personality, your gifts, your talents... The things that you're really good at, God gave those to you for his glory, not yours. Why would he do that? Because he wants you to raise godly kids. He wants you to have a happy marriage. He wants people to look at your marriage and, and recognize the awesome gift that, a, that marriage can be and being the bride of Christ, how cool that'll be. He wants people to see someone who loves their job, loves what they do, loves being creative with their hands or loves using their brain to figure out problems or whatever it is. Amen? God's not asking you to quit being you. He's asking you to quit needing to touch his glory. This is making sense. There's a, just a lot of strange looks all over the place. Like, right away, I can tell just looking at it, I can see some of your thoughts. I seriously can. And basically, you're, you're, you're can't, you almost can't even figure out, how do I do this? Is there anybody having like the kind of thought like, how do I do this? How do I not identify there? Yeah. Like, for real, how do I not do it? Well, part of that is tearing it down. Unless you, what, we, what was that scripture last week? Unless you plunder the strong man's house before you go in after him. 
You bind him up, you take authority over him, and you start saying, okay, where do I identify? Just plain and simple, where do I identify? If you don't know, ask your, ask your children or your spouse or somebody close to you. You make, no, I don't. Well, they think you do, so there's probably something of you that's doing that. Amen? I, I just, I can't, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I saw one just this week, like yesterday, when I was listening to something. I said, Lord, why do I think like this a little bit? But I know it's wrong. Just show me. Because somebody else was preaching, I'm kind of like, oh. and And the Lord showed me something that was prophesied over me for real, but I got an identity there. Years and years and years ago. And so because of that identity there, um, it, it just would make me kind of cringe at certain things people would say or whatever. And the Lord's like, when that was prophesied over you, it was true. It was a prophecy over your life. But I never wanted you to grab onto it as an identity. Just watch what I do with it. And so I had to repent. I said, Lord, forgive me for, for taking that prophetic word and then making it an identity. Does that make sense? Y'all are already looking like, oh my gosh, I got so much to do. How many feel like they got a lot to do? You've got a lot to do. This is where you really need to take your notebooks for real and write these things out. And then you bring in the truth. And if you need to talk to somebody and say, hey, you know, what do you think to identify? It's so funny. You know, our entire culture, more than probably any culture on the earth, really do have a lot of identities. Like we, we all try to identify here. I went to college. Did you go to college? Oh, well, did you go to graduate school? Oh, well, did you get your PhD? Oh, do you, uh, where do you work? Everywhere I'm at. <laughs> by grace amen I'll show you my faith by my works is that what you mean amen so um are you married oh were you married oh so is that your child from your marriage from which marriage oh did you adopt them oh do, do you see what I'm saying our entire we we really, the devil has have a heyday with the U.S. of A. We got so many different identities and ways. You can't even figure out a family anymore. Amen? It's like, so are, so are you, are, so are you um, Latino? Oh, you're not Latino. Oh, okay, you're not Latino. So are y'all kind of Latino, part of Latino? You know, oh, you're Latino. Oh, you know, it's like everybody, it's like this, this, this identity. Now, let me say something. Some people have been through some really horrible things. And you need to sit down with God and somebody else if you want, but, but Holy Spirit, and get honest with God about how Satan tried to put that identity on you. You were the one who failed your kids. You were the one who, so, I mean, Karen will tell you, when, when, when she was going through the divorce and totally biblical reasons for divorce. But she had such an identity that she would never, ever go through a divorce. Like, it didn't matter what was going on. She was just going to hang in there no matter what. 
And Satan used that identity she had to attack her, to try to, to, to ruin her marriage or to let things go that should have never happened. And then to try to crush her when that identity fell. And then try to make her ashamed. And then try to make her fearful. You see what I'm saying? This is serious stuff. This is serious stuff. What did you always see yourself becoming? What did you always... Satan works on that, you guys. He wants you to identify with something. If you had an abusive parent who criticized you, put you down, told you things about you, okay, those are curses, word curses. Those are trying to cause you to have an identity. And, and it's time to get serious about all this stuff. Because, because sometimes, let, let's say you're, you're trying to be the one everybody likes and you're trying to be the, the um, person who, who has so much fun or whatever. Why? What deep down are you afraid they're not going to like? And then you have to look at the situations that people in society judge. And say, well, what are they going to think about this? Well, what are they going to think? Do you understand what I'm saying? Then you're going to have to, so, so let's say back in the day, if you're divorced and you're in the church, then you've got to, what, you've got to prove that you still sh could be anointed. You've got to prove. And does everybody see in all this mess how you can feel inferior or superior in that whole teaching we have from that? Amen? Can, can everybody kind of start feeling the entanglements? <laughs> Yeah, literally, it's almost like you, even as I'm talking, there's almost a supernatural revelation of all these entanglements that Satan puts on us through these identities. Right? The one who's abused, the one who was divorced, the one who this happened to your kids, the one who is biracial, the one who has, you know, like, like now see, don't think. Look, Jesus, remember he talked to that woman at the well and he said, what it was, he said, well, you have five husbands and the one you're with now isn't your husband or something like that. He, he wasn't shaming her. Oh, my gosh. And then she goes, oh, you're a prophet. <laughs> Instead of, you don't have a cell phone, nobody called and told you, nobody texted you about this. So there had to be something freeing in him. There was something of an anointing on him when he could say that that actually set her free instead of shamed her. And because she didn't get up and run away, but she recognized he was a prophet, what was she saying? God's revealing this to you for some reason. And then he went on to heal her and, and set her free and get her saved. Amen? So, so Satan wants to put guards up so, so you'll never let anybody get close to, to, to the stronghold so they'll never get to the strong man. How can the house get plundered? In other words, throw the devil's mess out. Every lie, every false identity, everything, 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 everything. You know what? That's real ministry, people. That's the ministry Jesus did. No wonder the church is so surface. I was talking about, you know, Lord sends us some, some, through all the years, we get some really difficult situations to really help people. 
But then I started thinking about it. They're probably all everywhere, no matter where they're sitting. <laughs> Still a difficult situation. Amen? Amen? Because Satan doesn't leave anybody alone. He's out to get you, whether you come from fancy-pantsy or whether you come from um, no money, no nothing. You know, he, he doesn't care. He's out to kill, steal, and destroy. He has the same assignment for every person. I want to try to kill their dreams, kill them physically if I can, kill their relationships. I want to steal everything I can from them, definitely their identity in Christ, and I want to destroy their lives. That is all he wants. That's all he wants to do. That's all he does. He's pretty good at it, isn't he? Why? Because we buy his lies. But in Christ, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. These old identities pass away. Now, one thing, too, when you get free from the old identities passing away, you can enter into the promises of who you are in Christ. You can enter into the promises of who you are in Christ. In Christ, he says, you'll never see his children begging bread. In Christ, he says, you'll be the head, not the tail. In Christ, he says, you're going to be the one who's able to loan money, not the one who has to borrow money. That's what he says. Ooh, get this? But if I keep identifying as who, who the enemy may be, well, we'll never have that much. I'll never be that smart. I'll never have this. Amen? Then, then we can't enter into who, what he's promised us in him. So, do you got your worksheets? Do you got a pen? Pencil? Cell phone with texting on it? Notes? <laughs> so we're going to, I want you to, let's do this for the, for the next half hour. Okay, look at Mark 3.27. No one can enter a strong man's house, plunder his goods, unless he first binds a strong man. Then indeed he may plunder his house. All right, so what, we, what do we need to do first? We need to bind the strong man. How do we do that? First, you got to know there is one. <laughs> Amen? First, you got to know, you know what? I do think there's some a strong man who wants me to identify like this. Now, not everybody has one, but I think most people probably do unless they've already seen this. So I want you to think about what would the strong man be? Now, remember, the strong man is what Satan mainly wants you to identify as. Okay? In my life... The strong man wanted me to be a mean person. He saw the call on my life, and he wanted me to be a mean, um, I think, false teacher. Or false prophetic teacher. Now, why do you, what I say? Because from the time I was born, a certain person in my family with a lot of influence, who had a mean spirit, Every time they would attack me and say hateful things to me, 
they would always say with a weird voice, it's because we're just alike. That's why we fight. It's because we're just alike. It was never about any of the good stuff. Instead of that person saying, you know, I'm the adult here. I should not have said that. I should not have hit you. I should not have um, lost it. Because they didn't know any of this, right? They didn't know. They didn't know how to deal with their jealousy. I didn't know. Later on, God made me hit this thing straight on, and, and God healed the relationship for the most part. But this person literally had to say to me, I've always hated you. Now, I had to be pretty strong in God to be able to have this person say that to me. And God told me, you're to call this person now, and you're to confront them with the things you know they've said about you and the things they've done behind your back. I want you to call them. And I'm thinking, Lord, I've already forgiven them. Lord, I'm fine. He goes, this is not for you. They belong to me, and they're blind here, and you need to help them see this. How many know that was not a fun phone call? Especially when everything was kind of peaceful for a little bit. Amen? And the Lord said, I want you to call them now. And I want you just to directly ask them why they said this about you. And right away, I hit that spirit that's always tried to twist it and blame me. And so right away, it's like, who told you this? And then they listed on like five people. I'm good gosh, I thought you only said it to one person. I'm like, no, that wasn't. Well, why did that be? I said, good gosh, did you, how many people did you say this? And one of the lies was really bad. The other lie was pretty bad. But one of the lies was really bad. And to give people an impression that things happened that never happened, instead of them saying, you know what, I ran off, I divorced my husband, this was her person, should have said, I divorced my husband because I had some really wrong issues in my life and I was wrong. Instead of trying to put it over on me, and make up stuff that wasn't true. But when the, the Lord had me confront this person, which most of y'all are petrified of doing, because you can't do it till you can do it in love. You can't do it when you think you need to do it. And you can't do it expecting them to apologize or expecting them to even understand. And it has to be led by Holy Spirit. And I remember, I mean, everything that that devil through that person used to try to put on me, yelled, came through that phone. And the Lord just had me so peaceful. And I was like being yelled at and told they didn't love me and told all this. And then all of a sudden they just broke down crying and said what happened when they were young and why they were always jealous and all this kind of stuff. And by the time the conversation was over, it was the very first time I had a real relationship with this person in my whole life doesn't mean that person's changed a ton with things, but it means that's gone. And that was a really big one. And so that, so, so, the, so what's the enemy do? The enemy sees that I got a call on my life. He probably heard what happened when I was 12. <laughs> I personally believe, I can't prove, we have guardian angels. I think our guardian angels know what our callings are. And they think demons check out our guardian angels to see who's guarding us so they know our callings. Amen? Can't prove it, but we know there's guardian angels. We know there's a lot of activity that goes on around everybody with angels. So, so obviously, 
the enemy's like, okay, this person's called. We gotta watch her, we gotta see. <laughs> we gotta keep her from really getting anointed. We gotta keep her from getting too much truth. And somehow, you know, it could be even God bragging. This one's gonna do this. And the devil's like, well, if you just let me do this, like with the Job story. But the bottom line was, the enemy knew we have to make her false. He lost. We have to make her mean. That's why when you want to attack me, a lot of times you'll say I'm so mean. That's the devil trying to bring up something that's not true anymore. Amen? It's just what it is. It's just the devil trying to put, especially if you have a religious spirit, it's going to try to put that label back on me. Doesn't work. Ho! And you're forgiven. And it happens all the, you know, it happens. Well, maybe you are mean. No, God set me free. See, Satan's like, I don't want her to be apostolic where she can point things out to help me see what I can't see. I, she's got to be wishy-washy. She's just got to be really sweet and wishy-washy. So she can't really help you. Can I tell you, there's so many places you can go with really sweet, kind people who, I won't say the wish, they're not called to have as most prophetic people would say in my life. You have a breaker anointing, Cindy, which I don't know what that is for sure, but I know I have to bust through a bunch of stuff. Amen? Because if you're blind, you don't see right. And I got to bust through, led by Holy Spirit, for one reason, so you can get free. And I haven't always done it correct, but I've always done it. And you're not my judge, so I'll keep doing it. There's no condemnation. And God's really good at changing my heart. Ask anybody who knew me 20 years ago. <laughs> Ask somebody who knew me 10 years ago. These are guys are going, well, even last year. No, because you've watched. You've watched. And I just hope I can say the same thing about you. Because if Christ is in you doing a work, I should see changes in you. And you should be excited to see changes in me. Because then you know I'm not fake. But sometimes it's going to be, get thee behind me, Satan. Kind of, or, or uh, the Ananias and Sapphira. There's a lot of stuff. Paul told that, told that demon to come out of that girl right then and there. She, you know, just, oh, you're just being mean. Do you see what I'm saying? So I can see what the enemy's up to. He knows she's going to have a calling to open the eyes of the blind, to set captives free, to completely break through to those who are completely crushed, to set them at liberty. We've got to make it so she can't do that. I, and the enemy's going to use anything he can. So that's why we're iron sharpening iron. Amen. Amen. So my thing is, just in life in general, quit looking at what's wrong in somebody else and let God show you what's wrong in you. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. Why does this bother me? Why am I acting like this? Why, what is showing up in me? Whatever shows up, especially with an attack mode, is probably a strong man or a stronghold. Remember, strongholds are the lies that keep the strong man or the false creator inside. What, is, what did he want you to be? Did he want you to be a victim? Poor you? 
Did he want you to be strong and tough and you don't need anybody? Do you get what I'm saying? If you could start seeing, what did, what did the enemy want me to be? Did he want you to just be a straight out, give up on everything, be a loser, just go get high all the time and don't even try? What did he want you to be? Do you want you to be somebody who's angry and hateful and can't keep a job? Do you see what I'm saying? Can't keep a relationship? See, it's not, about, it's not about you being the mom or you being the teacher or you being the counselor or you being the pastor or you being black or you being white or you being a male or you being female. It's not any of those. He's going to use everything he can to give you a description that looks like him. that's going to try to be everywhere with you. And he's going to give all the things to keep happening and happening to you. And we, we can't judge each other on how fast we get free or not. Some people have had horrific things happen from an early age to get those people to ever think that God could love them, to get those people to ever think that life is even close to fair. Amen? That's why we can't judge. That's why real ministers can't judge. Uh, you, can, you can think you're judged here. If you were here maybe 20 years ago, maybe you could have been. We don't judge. I woke up this morning just praying for those fathers who was watching those Afghanistans come in and drag their little daughters out. I, I could see handling the grace to just die in church much easier than what that would make a father feel like. Not to mention the, the kid. And I was praying and praying. I pray, Lord, let them know how to hide in you. Lord, let them know how to get away. Lord, show them what to do. And then if you didn't hear it, gosh, Kim Clement had a powerful song and prophetic word about an Afghan little girl. That, that man's gift was amazing what he had given years before it was time. So I know he's not trying to self-promote. Amen? It's like, it's like God, God is softening my heart right now through what's going on to, to the real needs of, I talked to Phelps today in India, and I'm telling him, I said, look, you're going to have to really teach. He says, he says, yes, mom, yes, mom, I am. But I said, you're going to have to really teach how to make food multiply. Jesus didn't need the food to multiply. They, they, were, they weren't going to starve to death in three-day journey back to town. But he wanted to demonstrate you can multiply food. I said, you're going to have to start praying that. You're going to have to believe that. You're going to have to teach people how to do that. If you're in your house and you can't even go get groceries for a while and there's no way you had money to store anything, you better start praying over that food. Amen? You need, look at the miracles he did. People could go fishing and get their tax money. That's not a cute story. That's like, don't worry. You trust me and I'll get you the tax money you need so they can't take your house. It's time we wake up and see what was he really doing. He wasn't waltzing around, dippity doo dippity day. Let me go fishing and get a coin or something. You know, but yeah, he's he's showing you God will supernaturally take care of paying your taxes. 
Amen. He walked right through crowds that were trying to kill him and they couldn't see him. Man, they tell Philip, you gotta get, we gotta get strong. We gotta get to a place where if they put us in jail, God shakes the whole jail up. These aren't just stories. These, these stories, so to speak, these truths and revelations in the new covenant and in the gospels and the new covenant are for the t- day that we're living in more than ever before. The day we're living in. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that exciting? I'm going to learn how to multiply hamburgers and pizza. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and zucchini with cheese. Amen. It's like, Lord, I'm just gonna, I'm just, I'm just gonna believe you. I'm just gonna believe you. I'm gonna get excited about living in a day where I get to see how real you are. And so instead of being afraid of it, I am choosing to embrace it. I'm choosing to embrace it. You better learn what those healing scriptures mean. Amen. You better learn that to walk in divine health. You better grow up and become a real strong child of the king. Amen. Amen. So where this like, what can they do? And you could be so hidden in Christ. It's like, Lord, if, if you don't want them to get me, they're not getting me. If you want them not to be able to hear me, they're not going to hear me. Now I got to obey him if he says, you know, throw away your cell phone. I'll have to, okay, bye. Amen. But he wants to order our steps, not fear. He wants to order our steps. And getting rid of these strongholds, which are the lies that keeps the strong man in there, is going to be key to walking in apostolic power. It's going to be key to walking in apostolic power and having a powerful relationship with God. That's why we're going to spend quite a few months on getting everybody free. Amen? So... Let me, I didn't bring my notes for unclean. Let me do one scripture. Okay, now you're, you're going to see if you're serious, because we'll try to get in groups next week with these. Um, actually, we'll definitely get in groups next week, because I won't be here. <laughs> so I will have Tina go over something to do with this. But mainly you'll be getting in groups. So I want you to bring your worksheet and your notebook and I want you to honestly and get in a group where you're okay with talking with who's in that group you can change around or whatever but but and don't get in group with family members amen just get in a group and be able to and don't you know just let people be honest in the group let me let me just put this out there okay let me teach this we got a few new people there's a spiritual law. This is a very serious law. Satan uses this. It, the law is judge not or you will be judged in the exact same measure that you judge. What that means is if I judged you, like if I saw you and I decided to make a judgment about you, okay, and judgment is anything like I would never do that, or I can't believe they did that, or I can't believe that happened to them. All those things are judgments. All those things are like a statement that says, 
Boy, I would never do that. Or I couldn't be like that. Okay, that's judgments. Does everybody get what judgment is? Instead of compassion. So if I said that about you, about anybody, whatever thing that I'm judging you, which I won't because I don't judge, I just gave Satan permission, spiritual law permission, to bring that to affect my life somehow. It might come on my kids. It might come in a totally different package. Does anybody need more junk? Now look around these people in here. Now y'all be judging these people. Y'all might be getting some mess. Amen? You might have had a good upbringing. You start <laughs> judging everybody in this room, you might get some kind of mess. Amen? So how do you not judge? You don't judge by, number one, don't let your thoughts go there. Say, Lord, that's your business, not mine. Lord, that's your business, not mine. Jesus, you see Jesus, you see him doing that. You're saying, you know, judge between me and my brother. Jesus, who made me judge? He's like, I'm not getting in that conversation. Okay? So you got to tell your brain, we're not getting in that conversation. If somebody comes up and tries to get you in that conversation, I'm not getting in that conversation. Amen? I'm not judging you because you want to be in that conversation because I don't want that either. I'm just telling you, I'm not getting in that conversation. Do you understand what I'm saying? You choose not to judge. You, you get the fear of the Lord and say, whew, I'm not judging anything. Now, you judge sin in the church. If somebody is sinning in this church like a blatant sin, you don't need to deal with it. So I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about judging the heart attitudes of somebody, judging how you would have done it different. How many know? Okay, you ready? We would all do everything different. Right? We'd all do it different than somebody else. But if we're led by God, we're going to do it exactly the way he wants us to. And if somebody didn't do it led by God, then it's something you might judge. But who are you to judge another man's servant? For to his master, he'll, stand, he'll fall or stand. God says, I'm going to make them stand. So don't worry about it. Right? That's what God's saying. He goes, that's mine. That's my kid. I'm going to make them stand. Don't worry about it. So that's what you need to know. He's going to make you stand. Aren't you glad? Amen? So we need, that's why, that's why when you get into idle chatter, the Bible says you're going to be judged for every idle word you speak. I've had to repent a lot. <laughs> Amen. I've had to repent a whole lot. I don't, want to, I don't want to take up everybody's, you know, 2,000 years of judgment time. Cindy, come up. We're talking about idle chatter. Like, oh. Everybody's like, oh, my gosh, it's going to be so boring. If it's under the blood, it's gone. Amen. Amen. But what he's saying is, look, get your mouth just running and not be about me and not be led by my spirit. You're going to be judged for those things you say. And all the quiet men are like, amen. <laughs> amen. And so, so we just have to say, okay, Lord, show me. Show me. And then you just take it. I always tell people, when you get your notebooks, take it as deep down to where it hurts. Things that are hidden in your heart. And, and don't do it to be mad at anybody. In other words, there's a reason why you bought that lie. There's a reason why that stronghold got in and Satan's trying to make you like this. Now, let me say, 
first way to do this, write this down in your notebook so you'll do it. Find out what Satan was trying to make you to become. Find out what the strong man is first. Okay? Oh, I think I get now how we're to bind him. So for me, in the name of Jesus, I bind up that demon that was sent to make me mean to not be able to operate in the gift that God had for me. I bind it in Jesus' name. It has no authority. It has no authority to operate. It has no authority to talk into my life. It has no authority to stop me from plundering this house. Amen? So find out what you're doing. Maybe reject it. Maybe having to be the best to prove something. Do you see it? Just getting to that's going to take probably, probably a lot. And now next week, if you're able to, you never have to share this stuff. But there's something powerful about overcoming by the word of your testimony. So I'm not talking about, say, all the sins you did or all the stuff you messed up. Get down to what is the description Satan was trying to make me. And get it, get it as precise as you can. Controlling, angry, bitter, full of hate, full of self-hate. Do you see what I'm saying? Go, go really deep. And you're, you're basically going to see the fruit of what he was trying to produce in your life. That you would spend your whole life trying to hide, run from, or give into. Does that make sense? Because Jesus is my strong man. And so the fruit of that, that he's making me, is love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, long-suffering, and patience. Amen? That's what he's working in my life. And he's given me all these situations I'm in to bring that out in my life. Amen? He, he's doing so many. How I many know? Doesn't he, he's, he's really good at what he does, isn't he? Even when we don't like it. Lord, I don't want to get to that thing of patience. Lord, I don't want joy. I don't want joy. I want to look like a nut and have joy. Love. Oh, I don't know. So remember, so Satan wants there to be lust. God wants there to be love. Love, joy. God wants you to have joy. Satan wants you to get high. Mess up your brain. Spend all your money. Ruin relationships. Have a false picture about yourself. Love, joy. Love, joy. Peace. God wants us to have peace. Satan wants you depressed, which would also be the counterfeit of joy. Satan wants you to be full of anxiety and fear. So you say, wow, why, what, what has happened? For the, why would this strong man in me be able to make me so full of anxiety? This would be a really good way to do this. Love, joy, peace, goodness. God wants me full of goodness, just a good person, just somebody who glorifies him. What does Satan want me to look mean, to look evil, to look bad? Joy, peace, goodness, kindness. Satan wants me to be kind. Okay, not wishy-washy, all right? Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan, to Peter, right after he had a great revelation from the Father. Je Jesus said, he said, he said to the Pharisees, you bunch of, um, um, why do you say, whitewashed tombs? 
called them snakes. He said to all the guys around him, do you want to leave too? <laughs> Why don't you leave? There's a door. So can we get rid of the picture of Jesus as this big marshmallow who, who never actually had any response? That wasn't, but, oh, God bless you. He wasn't like the fake priest stuff we see. Amen? He, he had real emotions. He was really upset. He went in and tore up the church book table. I guarantee you, he would have so much fun walking in the doors where they're charging $200 for a Christian conference. Amen? I mean, he'd be tearing, th he'd be tearing things apart. He got a whip into that, you guys. But he's so kind. He is kind. He's also real. And he can't stand what the enemy's doing in the name of God. Love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, long-suffering. Long-suffering is the most, I think it's one of the most difficult ones. Has anybody in here been in a long trial? A really long trial. And you were believing and believing and changing. <laughs> don't shake your head, no, you don't want to go there. <laughs> I just uh, believe I have that one, Lord. <laughs> Can I tell you this? The whole church is in that right now. We're adding to our faith perseverance, which is going to produce the fruit of long-suffering. This will be over by November 3rd. Oh, this will be over by January 1st. Or whatever. Okay, this will be over by March something. Okay, this is going to be over by August. How many of y'all have said August? Hello, it's August. It's over in a few days. You know, People, all you prophets, add perseverance to the list. That, okay, you don't, know he's, you don't know he's adding perseverance <laughs> until it's been a while. Okay, so don't blame anybody. Amen? I remember a prophet came to me when uh, Mitchell was sick and was taken to the hospital. And, and they were kind of scary because they'd be like, ooh, and all this and I'm like, just say it already. And they're like, this, oh, it's just going to be a really long one. This is, oh, this is going to get so bad, and it's going to take a really long time. And I'm like, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Get out of here and all this stuff. <laughs> and then I was, and I kept going back and forth to the hospital to see Mitchell there and take him back and forth. And the thing, we're, we're into who knows how many months of it. And um, I'll never forget, I'm sitting there, and this longest train in the world goes by. You know, you're, I mean, the that train, you, you couldn't even see the end of that train. I'm looking, I'm like, Lord. And the Lord said, you're on a very long train ride right now. I said, I didn't hear that. He said, I said it. <laughs> I did not know. I said, John, the other night, I said, how long was it before we really knew that Mitchell was going to be okay? I think he said 15 or 16 years. 15 or 16 years after burying a child and another one is at death's door for 15 or 16 years, he added to my faith perseverance. Thank God, because he knew I was going to be helping y'all. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. He means it, people. He means it. These scriptures have meaning. So I love joy. So perseverance, is that all of the fruit of the Spirit? That's it. Thank God, huh? 
<laughs> Thank you, Jesus. So I want you, you can look at those, okay? Look at those this week and put what Satan was trying to make you become instead. And all of a sudden, you're going to see the strong man. And then you're going to go back to all the identities. How did he use my relationship with my parents to do that? How did he use my relationship with my siblings to do that? How did he use the relationship with my spouse or spouses for some of you or whatever? You know, how did he use that with my children now? Do you see what I'm saying? This isn't a five-minute thing. And this is a thing. If y'all would do this, you'd really get free. Because once you get how to do this and led by God, they'll just start busting through. Because it's so easy to say, oh, I break the power of that. Forgive me, God. Cancel that assignment. Amen. Then you get to the next one and the next one. You're, you're, you just want to get out of the house. <laughs> you can spend the night. It's nice and quiet. We'll say you are deep in prayer. Um, so be deep in prayer. We don't want to lie. But do, do you see what I'm saying? If you would just start doing this, you guys. You'd be amazed. Plus, you'd be ready to start helping other people do it and leading groups with it. And when you get in your groups, do it. Amen? So th this is your assignment. I'm not rushing this series because God already told me not to. He said, we are going to be so clean by the time we get through this series. And, and we're going to go over every scripture about deliverance. Amen? We're going to know what the we're going to know how to call out the enemy. I know we've got to go because you guys, some of you got kids already back at school. So, Father, we thank you. Thank you for the party. Thank you for the joy of the Lord. It's our strength. Everybody say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I need the joy of the Lord, which is going to result in strength. Lord, I want your joy. Unspeakable, full of your glory. I need joy bombs right from heaven. I need so much joy. People are going to wonder what happened to me. But I want to be drunk in the spirit. Whoa. I'm going to get through this season completely drunk in you. I won't need anything else except what you have for me. And I break the power of calling unclean what you call clean. is based on the spirit behind the action. It's never based on the action. It's based on the spirit. And when it's the Holy Spirit, it's clean. So I only want the Holy Spirit. But, Lord, I want everything you have. Everything you have. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me say this real fast for a few of you. When the enemy feels like you can't have that, that's part of the strong man. So start breaking it down. You've got to bind him up first. I bind up that spirit of whatever. I'm binding up what the strong man was trying to make. And then I'm going to go back and find out how it got in. My, your mother was critical. Your dad wasn't there. Your whatever was whatever. But if you take the fruit, whew, I've never done this teaching before. If you take that fruit of that strong man and you bind him,
In other words, you know, you'll never have joy or you'll never have this or you'll never have that. Amen. You're, you're going to be depressed instead of joyful. You're going to be this instead of that. Okay. That's the lie. All right. So when you bind the strong man, you're basically saying, I take authority over that spirit that blocks my joy. I take authority over that spirit that blocks my peace. I take authority in the name of Jesus over that spirit that blocks my long suffering, my ability to walk this through till the end. Amen. Do you get what I'm saying? Because we never talked about how to bind. How many's heard of this? But nobody's ever said, how do you bind the strong man? Have they? I've never heard it. Maybe so. I haven't read everybody's teaching, but I've never thought of it before. We got to bind him first. We're, we're trying to go through the house to get down to him. <laughs> and God says, bind him up first. Then you can trace off through that house and throw things out and it not bug you and make you feel bad. And you get hurt and your feelings are hurt and you're running out the door before you get free. Amen. Now, if you love this teaching, then you better say you love this teaching. Then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there and there's a resource uh, library there. And also check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you. 